Good evening, everybody. This is the Wrestling Inc. post-game show for SmackDown Live. It is February 19th, 2019. I am Michael Wiseman, your host for the evening, joined, as always, with Raj, our fearless leader here at Wrestling Inc. Raj, how you doing this evening? Good, man. How are you? Doing great, man. And as always, and by as always, I mean the first time ever, Matt Morgan. So good to have you tonight. I have never done a show with you in my entire time here at Wrestling Inc. Nice to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. So, um, guys, you, I got to say something here. I think this was a big step up from last night's show, in my opinion. Um, some, Raw last night, kind of long, kind of beloggered. One of those shows that, man, can I just hit the fast forward button and go to next week? But tonight's show, I don't know how you guys felt about it, but it felt quick. It felt purposeful. We had the NXT call up still there, but top to bottom, I really didn't get that bored. Two hours. It, it's it, this is again another you know huge fluorescent green arrow pointing down on the fact that uh, two hours is what Raw needs to be as well. This is what is going to keep uh, fans engaged. They're able to get away with a lot more, you know, in my opinion. And as far as the less boring department goes, and I just think it's more of a time thing. For the love of God, please put that dog away. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, either Matt, you've got somebody breaking into your house right now, or, or the most obnoxiously loud tap dancing dog in the history. <laughs> dog. That's the one thing with SmackDown ending earlier is that I often have stuff going on outside, you know, outside my little office here with like my daughter was just playing guitar. It's like, yeah, <laughs> not now. <laughs> but but Raj, you're in you're in Mountain Time Zone, right? Yeah, yeah. So so, so cool. like us East Coasters, when a show ends at eleven, it sucks. When Royal Rumble ended at midnight, it sucks, uh, right? But a ten o'clock ending time is perfect. I love it. Elimination Chamber was great for that. What do you think about SmackDown tonight, Raj? I I thought it was good. I mean, it you know <clears throat> to Matt's point that two hours. Uh, it, it you know that is one part of it. it it makes it go a lot faster the crowd was a lot more into it than raw even oh, though it was even, it's actually even a smaller crowd than raw i mean um the attendance was uh, our, we had our um, uh, correspondent kelsey was there who does uh the super kicking it podcast uh, the two-faced podcast here on wrestling inc and she was saying that she's been going to wwe events in new orleans for years and she was saying this is the worst uh, attended event she's ever been to hmm. But it didn't sound like it on TV. The crowd was, no. uh, the crowd was good. You know, I, I always have the problem with going, just doing matches with no steps. Um, and I, I felt like they could have easily made the main event one, where he had the step, where uh, the winning team gets to pick uh, who goes on to face Daniel Bryan, or if the other team wins. You know, something where it adds a world title, world title stakes to it. But um. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the small things, right? It's always the small things that get me about WWE where you have all of the talent and you set all these things up and you can make shows infinitely more interesting if you just tie into your point, Raj, bring in some stipulations, make the matches mean something. You've already set everything else up. Just tell the story that next level deeper. One time somebody was comparing pro wrestling to Breaking Bad and what Breaking Bad was always great about was following up on all the little details. And it's the one thing that just, it, it blows my mind sometimes. You're already there, guys. Just go the extra half a step and to your point give them the stipulations to make these matches feel more impactful but i also really quick using the breaking bad analogy which is a great one the same complaint that i had while being obsessed eventually with breaking bad <laughs> like the slow burn effect of that show right so look at the daniel bryan slow burn over the year right when he had this huge push and, and it finally came how god darn long did that take though how many fans did they lose and piss off for life and didn't come back because of it? Do, do, do you know what I mean? Well, and also, 
with WWE, the Daniel Bryan slow burn wasn't scripted. He wasn't supposed to get that shot. No, All this stuff fell into place. Yeah, I'm being very generous. When, 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 <laughs> yeah, when, I mean, if, if WWE had their way, it would have been Big Show, you know, uh, <laughs> you know in that spot. Uh, but it's well, uh, being disciplined but, enough as fans to wait and let's see. Exactly. And yeah. that's that's been my thing all, all the time with WWE is having those cliffhangers that really you know make you excited for the following week. And the steps throughout the show to make you engage so you know the matches mean something. You're not just watching just matches for the sake of people having matches, you but there's what? more to it in a story telling point of view. But again, outside of that, as a rest, and and I think that's why they're having a hard time getting new fans. I just said it right there, and, and, and it, I caught it as soon as I said it, actually, guys. You know what? Shame on me. That is not our job as fans. Our job not as fans is not to sit back and necessarily wait for 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 the story to play. Our job is to be to shut our mouths and sit back and be entertained. Their job is to lead us along the way. Right. Yeah. Their job to keep us entertained and step by step by step bring us to that finish line. And if they're not doing it, that's their fault, not ours. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things that you do feel a lot of times as a pro wrestling fan, though, right? Is sometimes if you don't agree or don't like something that happens on screen, you oftentimes get labeled as a anti-pro wrestling person, or you just don't like pro. And I always hate that, especially as a pundit. I hate that stuff because being listen, paying attention to the storytelling is my job, but it's also why I love the business. I grew up watching this stuff and loving it. So right. you kind of develop that over time. You know right. what, though, guys? I will tell you this: what does not require much attention to detail and what does not even it's not even a slow burn is your ability to develop a website using wix raj have you ever, ever used wix before yeah I've, I've, we've, we've had wix on before you know we use you know all our spot we have some great sponsors on this podcast and we use you know i've used all of them uh wix is really cool because i've used them since before i say you know uh, they were a sponsor so i've told the story before my wife she has a, a yoga business and she wanted me to make a website for it and just the time it goes into making a website i kept putting it off i was like ah you know i'll do it soon i'll do it soon and just couldn't get around to it. Finally, you know, a couple of friends told me, oh, you should have her use Wix. So I, you know, I told her about Wix. Uh, she went on there and she had it within a few hours. She already had a website up. Uh, she got her domain. Uh, she got cool graphics. It has a cool look, yoga with Anjali.com. Uh, if, if you don't believe me, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, it is, <laughs> it is an amazing, uh, technology that you have for if you need to create a website really quick on the fly or if you have an e-commerce site or something more involved as a web developer myself for over 20 years uh, I, i'm amazed by it well the, the great thing about it too is you don't have to be if you are a web developer great the tools are there for you but you don't have to be a web developer to use wix right over 140 million people already use wix for their website and matt morgan listen i know you're the head of the matt morgan the blueprint fan club over there you can start and publish your own website for yourself for free using wix and use from over 500 stunning templates or should we say blueprints to start from or start from scratch or build your own, even if you'd like to customize anything you want to um, and, and connect with all your fans out there in the world, Matt. Can I open up my new site called that was so much smoother than Glenn.com? <laughs> I'm not here to rag on anybody, but if you would like to, Glenn would love it, I'm sure. Yeah, come on, Glenn's Blue Chew promos are, are priceless. Oh, they are. They're good stuff. They're good stuff. No, check out Wix if you guys um, if you guys are interested. Please go out and start your own website. Anybody can do it nowadays. It's so easy. Um, even even you, Raj, even you can create your own website from scratch as if you've not already done it already. The website is wix.com/podcast. Um, get yours today. And on that note, let's dive into SmackDown talk, y'all. What do you think? Yeah, and uh, yeah, Wix.com. When you use Wix.com slash podcast, you will get 10% off. 
So be sure to use that URL, wix.com slash podcast to get that 10% off. I left the most important detail out, and I know that matters the most to Matt because he is a penny pincher over there, aren't you, Matt? Let's just be honest. (laughs) We all got to be frugal in this economy. Let's get started here. Smackdown tonight, top to bottom. Let's jump in here. Show opened up with uh, one of the more interesting segments coming out of Sunday night's Elimination Chamber show, and that was Miz and Shane McMahon, the best tag team in the world, losing their coveted SmackDown Tag Team Champions. The Miz came out tonight and said this was um, so important to him because it was so important to Shane. So um, I thought it was interesting. The segment kicks off here, and it's the top of the show, right? Shane McMahon comes down, but he doesn't even talk about the loss from Sunday night. He immediately jumps into talking about the new NXT stars. And I get this, guys, right? Shane McMahon is running the show over on the blue brand. But to me, it really did sell the moment a little bit short for Shane not to come out and show anything until the Miz showed up. And I thought that was just a little bit of a miss to kind of kick things off tonight. He's the one character, though, in his defense, that need, I think no matter what needs to always play straight when it comes to business being first. That's fair. More important than anything personal as far as wrestling goes and things of that nature, right? But, but he is a McMahon, and we've seen they've done anything but that over the years. Yeah, well. But, Right, but if we're, we're being honest, that's a shoot GM. I don't want to hear about him being tag team champion. I don't care. <laughs> I want to hear who's coming up next and what, what business decisions are we still going to be talking about. We just saw what Raw did last night. What, what SmackDown going to be bringing up tonight, right? You've made me a believer. I can buy that. What do you think, Raj? You know what? As soon as they lost those tag team titles, I realized I don't really care about the storyline anymore. <laughs> I don't even the, with Miz and Shane. Um, and, and I've been entertained for months with it. I don't know. I just feel like there was something that – with them losing the belts, it just felt like – just some of that in my in my interest just faded um, with that. I think it's the Shane McMahon element. I mean, I, I, I agree with Matt here. Matt's talking about Shane has to sell business first. Totally agree with that, right? But to me, Shane isn't the believable one here. I loved when The Miz came out here. Mm-hmm talked about how he hadn't slept in 48 hours. He sold this moment so powerfully. I loved all of that. And I think Shane was the one here who kind of, I lost belief in as a result. I see you not in your head, Matt. Absolutely. I mean, even the night he lost, I went back and watched it again, watched his facials and go, was he overdoing it? Was he not? I, I'm an overanalytical, like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Overanalyze everything. It was part of what affected me in my wrestling career sure. as well, I would argue. And it kept me back a little bit, me from myself. But I'm being serious. I was watching it again, and I was like, he played this perfectly. His facials were spot on from the minute he lost to the back. He didn't overdo it, I felt, at any point. And then tonight, right on spot again. Miz is a great performer. He just Mm -hmm. is. I love all his stuff generally. I just do. To yeah. be an over-the-top heel, I think The Miz really nailed the right moments here to make him empathetic. And be- I mean, some of the stuff he said here, best moment of my career, really, Miz? You may have vented WrestleMania <laughs> against John Cena, right? Yeah. <laughs> his, his yeah. Complaining about his dad. And if okay, his dad was dad's- a problem then, what an <laughs> asshole that guy is, right? Yeah. It's the first thing I said. It's the first <laughs> thing I said. Right. Right. So some of those things you kind of kind of gloss over in the pro wrestling fandom here. But at, at the end of the day, um, the Miz really did feel, I think, to your point, Matt, he felt believable here. He really did sell the moment the right way. And if we are going down an eventual path of Miz being the babyface and Shane being the heel, this was a great setup for that segment. 
Raj? I don't, I don't see that. I see it the other way around. I think I see it Miz being the heel again, Shane being the baby face. Oh, they need to throw some serious gas on Miz and quick because I feel so sorry for him. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially because and, and, and have- that's what I hope. I hope that's where it goes at Fastlane because I, now that we've seen them win the tag title, seeing that journey again, we just saw it. A month you ago, feel terrible for him. I, the guy, and I don't. You guys feel bad for him, right? You didn't cry, Raj. Come on, what's wrong with you? Heart <laughs> of darkness over there. Come yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I think I think maybe Shane costs him. Mrs. Dad is there, and so the Miz just beats the crap out of Shane because you know losing in front of his dad. Wow, hold up, Mrs. Dad turns heel. <laughs> he over and goes with Shane. He's already a heel. He doesn't <laughs> love his son. Come on, now. he is. He's a he's a dick. He, yes, he's proud of him. Come on. <laughs> I could see Miz going babyface because we do have season. I mean, this is business reasons, right? And WWE loves its business reasons for things. Season two of Miz and Miss is coming on in April, right after Mania. We'll see what happens with all that. I I dug the Miz stuff here. Shane, I guess you're right, Matt. He's got to put business first. And then we had the Usos come out. And this is where things get weird, right? Usos usually cut a pretty good promo. They come out there and taunt and all that jazz. But they talk about how they're not going to give Shane a, a, a Shane and Miz a tag team championship rematch unless Shane forgives the Miz. And the thing I'm thinking the whole time is Shane McMahon can do whatever the hell he wants. He's in yeah. charge of the whole show, right? And that's exactly what he does in this segment. So uh, nitpicking aside, that's the illogical booking in me that really drives me crazy. But I, I did like you talking about earlier. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. And, and this is detail. where WWE made a mistake by, you know, um, shooting their wad, I guess, for lack of a better term, and dropping the GMs and doing that you know, where they said they were doing a reboot and everything was going to change. And then nothing changed except they just dropped the GMs. And Paige was good in that role. Like, she I was good in that GM. That role. I agree. Much better than Shane. But but at the same token, we're getting an NXT Cobbs. That, that was different. Raw starting off with a tables match. That was different. But by the way, I just hate that we're not doing a Blue Chew ad read tonight because shooting your wife. That's that's the perfect yeah. segue, right? Glenn would have been, been all that over that. Would that would be no <laughs> for a donk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So speaking of NXT college, kind of setting the stage differently tonight. And we've just seen them last night. But the thing is, tonight they did set up the NXT college very differently. Not only did they name them, we got video packages promoting each one. To kick it off, the next thing that happened was a segment promoting Aleister Black. We saw what I liked here is we saw his entrance first, right? Tease a little bit, and then we come back we're seeing the actual package talking about this dude and i dug the hell out of that because that's the right way get the look and then tell the story about him and it set up a great match between him and andrade you know i mean this was kind of a more of an old school nxt style match um you know that that kind of blend of a little bit of indie tossed in with uh that typical wwe bump style um and and what i liked about this though is andrade's not been on tv a whole lot i don't like that he lost here but for for Black to beat him makes a lot of sense here because Black is a, a very strong talent coming out of NXT. So, Raj, give me one second. What do you mean it's it, it was in it was in it was in the, like independent wrestling ish? What do you mean? I, not not independent wrestling. I just mean that whenever you, you see these guys, they get they get down and dirty a little bit more, right? You see these guys going after each other a little more intensity, a little more fire. Physical, you thought? Yeah, yeah, a little bit more physical, I think, especially to kick things off here a little bit quicker. I think there's a certain pace. If you contrast this later in the show with kind of what Seamus and Cesaro did with DIY, it's 
slightly it, it's it's slightly slower and more emphasis on the emotions and the storytelling whereas this you had some of that but it's it's a little bit more physical and fast but disagree with me you're the expert in the room matt no 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 i, I just never i'll be honest i never heard anyone put it like that as far as calling it independent wrestling for physical style or a faster paced style i was just asking yeah and i don't i don't want to you know please hear me out here guys because i don't want to categorize every independent wrestling mm. as being this way but it's that nxt style that blends what you see on the indies a lot with some of that wwe style mixed in and that's what we got in this match and that's what i liked about this actually um wasn't too long i thought it was good from top to bottom what do you think Raj? i thought it was i thought it was i thought it was good um i actually you know as, as someone who follows nxt and wwe i, I thought it was really good uh, this was one of those you know this was one of those times andrade look i know people want to say wins and losses don't, don't matter or hey andrade you, you know it's fine he lost you're trying to build on uh, alistair black right. there's so many other people he could have beaten here um, you know, Andrade is getting some steam right now. And, and Alistair Black definitely shouldn't have lost. So, so question, were you impressed yeah. that Alistair Black got that win after that match was done? Was your first reaction, holy crap, he just beat so-and-so? I assumed I, I assumed all the NXT guys were going to win the, be, after they no, all won last Your reaction when the one, two, three, when, when the pinfall or, or whatever happened, that, that's not your reaction. I, I, I mean, I just, no, I expected it, but I thought the match was good. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Matt? Were you surprised? Well, the reason I'm asking that is because then it served its purpose, right? If 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 if, if the if the call up won, and then your reaction was, "Holy bleep, he just beat Andrade!" I'm, I'm wow, that's pretty badass. Great, they're going to do something important with him. Great, whatever have you. That should be the feeling that mm -hmm. I was feeling for me. But to your point, if that was not the feeling for you, then I could see your point of why give it away to an Andrade versus somebody else that can still manipulate that same emotion from us, right? right. And, and and I'm sure maybe there probably weren't, who knows how many people watching this match right off the bat thought, um, oh, uh, well, they shouldn't beat Andrade right now. Uh, you know, I'm sure the, most fans probably didn't think that. Most fans probably didn't know who's going to win. Uh, WWE does do the 50-50 booking. So Alistair lost, I mean, won last night. So maybe he'd lose tonight. Um, hmm. So anyway, I, I you know, uh, Again, I think it was really good. Uh, I just, I just nice. wish they would have had him beat somebody else, and Andrade, you know, keep keep the momentum on Andrade. And would you have given to somebody that wasn't as in? Like, what do you do? Because Andrade is a stone on that show, right? And it did help get Black over even more. Who do you put in that spot that you can get that type of height? I, I think I get what Raj is saying there, right? Because I agree. I think it's big for Black to win here, but I don't think it's as impressive of, vi of a victory because we've not seen much from Andrade the last couple of weeks. He's not been involved in storylines. And so I think to us who follow this week in and week out, he is a bigger deal. But I think to the casual fans, big picture here, you look at the guys that went under tonight, right? Andrade lost. Sheamus and Cesaro, that's a big win for DIY, but they lost. Oh, Right. Well, and then you go over and, and we have um, Eric Young, who is, a again, a big deal to us, but he's not been featured on TV heavily. I think to Raj's point, it doesn't feel like as big of a deal because right. it almost wasn't a surprise from that perspective. I kind of agree with Raj there. OK, but when you when you know they're going to do something with Andrade, which they will be, this is the time to beat him, folks. It is the time to beat him because they're not featuring him as much. But he is someone they will be featuring. again. Yeah, but he, he's coming off those wins over Ray. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, he's, he's cooled off the last couple of weeks. They haven't, they haven't done anything with him or Ray really right. uh, that yeah. much to me. It um, felt like a yeah, middle I, of the road, I, you know, um, I just think, uh, it's interesting that a lot of time was spent on these NXT guys. We'll see how the ratings are. Um, but between Raw and SmackDown, it should be.
This I, I think like I think the ratings the are going to drop because most people don't know these guys. Okay. I mean, and and there's not a bill to introduce them. They're just thrown out there. It's like, it's like that. if you're watching a UFC main card or you hear about a UFC main card, and you don't know half the side of the card, right? They it's throw like, a flick video package for him, Raj. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm. They build it right. It's not just random. Oh, I'm going to watch it tonight, and all of a sudden, it's a guy I've heard of finding no of someone I've never seen. You didn't think we got that with the video package with Alistair Black? It, I mean, right at the beginning of the show, but not not where it sits, and not not like where they're like next week. You guys will see Alistair Black, this guy, you know, and then I got you. just throwing a bunch of guys that you uh, most people aren't familiar with, and uh, you know that there's a big NXT announcement tomorrow uh, mm. that they announced. It it almost felt like here's here's what I'll say. I think it was a little middle of the road, right? Because to me, Andrade's not a. It's not like they beat a, a jobber, right? But also, it's not like there was a surprise victory over somebody like. Not that this should have happened, but AJ Styles or Randy Orton, right? And and so to me, they they kind of cut. They split their differences here. They pulled out somebody who could afford to lose, without making it a big. You know, we got to give the NXT guys a win because there's going to be a big announcement tomorrow night. But on the same hand, we can't put somebody under who we're using in the main picture right now. And I, I respect that booking, but it does feel to a more intense fan, to me, a little bit more underwhelming. Now, let's let's dig in here and see what happens with DIY in the bar because I feel a little bit differently here, right? So Alistair Black wins the match here, hits a Black Mask for the win um, right at the end. It was it was a hard-fought victory for Black, but he does look solid in defeat or in victory here. Um, and, then, and then we go backstage, and we spend a little time with Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, and this kind of sets up the match that comes right after this. So um, I, I like this because you see, we get a little interview with them, a little time spent with them. They actually finally explain why they're back together. Basically they surmise it as they've kissed and made up and, and they've promised this for a long time. So they didn't address it last night, but DIY back together tonight. They address that. And then the bar shows up, right? Sheamus and Cesaro show up, put these guys down. And I love the line here. Um, Johnny Gargano says, we're not here to set the bar. We're here to break the bar. I love that line. They get laughed off. Um, and, and, and I think this was good, right? This kind of, again, the detail storytelling played up here, not happened last night, but we see why DIY is kind of back together because they're focused on a bigger, more holistic goal and also serve the dual purpose of setting up the match later in the night. So I thought all in all, a good segment for these guys. Definitely. So, um, yeah, kick out from there. A um, little there, bit of, there was the, ahead, the angle that they shot that backstage segment where I felt like it, it made DIY look smaller and, and maybe that was the intent because they yeah. look really small against Seamus, you know, standing there with Seamus and Cesaro, not as small. I felt like in the ring as they did in this backstage segment, a little bit of the opposite citizen canary, right? Where the big guys look bigger, but the small guys didn't look bigger. Right. It's like, shooting, yeah. yeah. What could have happened with that? Cause th this was live or maybe this was a pre-tape early in the afternoon, but if it was shot live for what it's worth guys, every wrestler knows how to work that camera to work the side of the camera where you're going to be taller than the other guy. I know it sounds ridiculous. Mm. Every wrestler knows how to make themselves look taller when they're in there with somebody else in the segment. Yeah. It's well, and with the actual physical height difference, that's even amplified even more. Well, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, of course with those guys. Yeah. Interesting. Um, we also get, and again, small attention to detail here, right? Right over that segment, we get AJ and Jeff Hardy in the back. Kofi Kingston shows up. So kind of the guys, the baby faces fighting each other Sunday night in this brutal elimination chamber match kind of have their own moment where they kiss and make up. So I like that Kofi mm -hmm. shows up to make the um, olive branch or to extend the pancake branch. A little bit of laugh. Ha 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 plays in the character here. Um, and then we get to the match that was just set up here, the bar versus DIY. And 
I dug this match, guys. Uh, I believe there was a commercial break right halfway through, but it was a tough, brutal match. It was um, there's a couple of spots in here that were real dicey. The uh, there was a sunset flip power bomb. Champa had Sheamus up on the turnbuckle. He was trying to do the sunset flip um, and just came down rough on his knee. Yeah, yeah. They put him through the rigor a little bit, uh, and that was good. It was a, a hard. That was a hard hit match. I would argue. That was yeah, that yeah, physical. But it did chomp on them some justice, I thought. Well, and what I liked about that was it was brutal, but nobody looked weak um, in comparison. What did you think, Raj? Uh, yeah, I mean, Seamus and Cesaro, you're going to get that style, right? That yes. rough physical style. Those guys can go. My nitpick for here, <laughs> I yeah. hate, and, and this was not with the match. I thought the match was great. It's the announcers bringing up their, their size, you know, to mm. uh, Ciampo and oh, God dang, yeah. Wow. You, bring, you bring up that Sheamus and Cesaro are big, that's fine. Don't bring up that the other guys are small, you know? Oh, right? Yeah, I mean, when with when Randy Savage would be wrestling Akeem, there you're talking about how big Akeem is, not how small Randy Savage is. Five nine and three quarters, five ten, five eleven. No. He's right. not all the time, folks. He's not really six feet tall. Can you imagine? Right, exactly. Just don't mention their size. Just you can talk about Seamus and Sar, how big they are, but don't say the other guys are small. Rise in today's day and age is what I don't understand. Guys like me, we're we're freaking like yes. dinosaurs now. Yeah. Like seven foot yeah. and above. Like that's you're no longer really wrestling. No. It's, it's just it's a smaller man's business at the moment. Steroid free, drug free, athletic as can be. High spot, whatever you want to call it, go, 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 right? That's how the business has evolved. More athletic, for sure. So if that's the case, then go. Don't. It's like they're archaic and stuck behind the times. But what the hell, these little digs that they're making that Vince, I know, is putting in their ear and others might be putting in their ear to be doing. I know tonight's SmackDown, so it usually doesn't do that. But I, I, that's them, then that's them doing it on their own, which I have. I don't get that. Yeah. Well, I, I think they're playing up the underdog. I mean, I, I'll, I don't like uh, it either. I yeah, agree but, with you guys 100%. But you could do, right? The underdog play up that they're facing two big guys. Yeah. Don't say that they're small guys. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Semantics matter here. No. Um, yeah, they, they call these guys small and it sticks in the audience's head, whether it's Finn or Daniel Bryan. Johnny Wrestling for sure. Yeah. And these yeah. guys are about average size, you know, average height now for, you know, what most of the wrestlers coming in now are. What pisses me off is someone like a Finn, it's definitely uh, uh, Gargano as well, but really, uh, what's the other one? Champa. These guys have busted their tails on their physiques. They look like professional athletes, they don't look like some little wimpy guys. Sure. Yeah. But I don't want to hear that. Well, they're five foot five. So therefore, they're, no, dude, they're shredded wheat. They look amazing. They look like superstars. I don't give a crap. They're not seven feet tall. They don't have to be those ones. Could Some you others, could yeah. you imagine if Conor McGregor is at a press conference and Dana White keeps mentioning how small he is? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Conor McGregor will probably punch Dana White. Brock Lesnar, if Brock Lesnar had to fight against him, he would. Yeah. But then again, I think he would announce about Lesnar's size. Uh, yes. It's it's an it. I mean, again, it it feels very old school to Matt's point from earlier. I think it feels very old school and, and almost regressive in a way that you it's don't need Vince. in modern wrestling. But yeah. yeah, that's the way Vince looks at the world. It's the way he looks at Vince. Uh, he looks at professional wrestling. A couple of things here. We talked about Champa's that rough spot with him and Sheamus. I, I thought honestly, I thought Champa was going to be out. Um, the way that knee bent out, it looked real bad. But I love it, this though. Again, it looked bad for both of them. It looked bad for Sheamus's back too. It did. Yeah, I don't. I don't discredit that either. Sheamus did take a tough fall at the same spot there. The 
the thing about it for me though that was so surprising was again the great chemistry in tag team wrestling. What I love about this is you, I, you, you did not see Ciampa for a long stretch here, and then out of nowhere, when Johnny Wrestling is taking the pin, Ciampa pops back up to break it up, and then he disappears again. And just that kind of quick surprises out of nowhere you can only get in true tag team wrestling. So I loved all of that. And in this, to me, guys, this is where uh, DIY did earn the victory. It almost felt like they stole the victory, but they got there. Uh, this to me did feel like a big deal, right? I, I said, I kind of agree with Raj. I didn't think the Alistair Black victory felt as big to me, even though they haven't done much with the bar lately, Seamus and Cesaro carry weight, carry name recognition, carry championship lineages. It, it felt like a big victory for DIY in a way. It was, you're not supposed to be beating tag team champions, but I will say they kind of uh, uh, um, hedged their bet, not hedged their bet, but they kind of tipped their hand a little bit because last night they did it, right? They beat the Raw Tag Team Champions. So to me, it wasn't far-fetched that they could do it again. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, these guys, yeah, these guys were Tag Team Champions just, what, three weeks they ago? Think, they think crappy of the Tag Team division. That's why. Well, yeah. but to me, right. here's what I would inverse, right? I would have had them fantasy book for half a second. If they had a loss last night, okay, they're losing to a team that's red hot in the revival, the new tag team champions. Seamus and Cesaro on their way down. Have them win tonight, but I would not have had them go over your tag, your brand new tag team champions. That's my only mm. nitpick. No, yeah. I agree. But Raj, what'd you, you think? You, you, wait, you were talking about the revival last night? Yeah, I'm what saying. In my world, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, we, yeah, we had mentioned that last night. Yeah, I don't think they should have beaten the revival, but you could still have them win tonight. And yeah, win and there's so many people yeah. you could beat. You know, when I was men, men, mentioning Alistair Black, could you imagine if they look Nakamura is doing nothing right now? They he's not on the way up. They okay. could have him beat Nakamura. That would be huge. Okay, I'd give you that. that yeah, or Rusev. Or, I mean, there's just so many guys. Uh, you could have him beat someone lower if you wanted to. Ty Dillinger is back, uh, you know, from injuries working out. Ty it's Dillinger. Just, that just, would uh, not feel like a big deal. Ty no, Dillinger. that's not a big deal, but neither is Ricochet beating Eric Young. So it depends well, which true. way you want to go. But there's a lot of guys you can beat. Sankara. I mean, there's there's a ton of people. Um, so, yeah, last night they, they didn't have to beat the tag team champions their first match after they won the belts on TV. So, yeah. so are they all permanently called up now? I'm just going to hop a team last night. What's up? I think that announcement tomorrow will tell us a lot, but I, I, you would have to think them putting them over and using the same four guys um, on both shows. I think that would mean that they're called up. I want to use this as a chance. I would think if it's just a plug for NXT, they would have used uh, different guys to kind of show more talent. Well, something to consider, guys, which is um, somebody pointed out to this to me on the internet that uh, this week they're doing tapings for NXT for the next however many weeks. So you can kind of work your way through Mania with this next round of NXT tapings. So these guys can go back and do all of that stuff, get their stuff set up for Mania weekend, still be on these shows, promote both at the same time without much too much extra effort. So I think it's very plausible that they are called up, but again, I like this idea too. Triple H is moving towards more of a territory system here, right? I think KHIT's pointed this out. Where we're going to have guys floating back and forth, and maybe they're NXT talent that just are on Raw sometimes. And I kind of like that mentality, especially with the women's tag team belts being defended across. I would love to see the men's tag team belts take on a very similar, you know, right, stature. Yeah. That, that that could be interesting. So I, I think it's fascinating, the but who knows? I don't think it's official yet. Needs that. The men's yeah. tag team divisions need the ability. I think there should just be one, and they float across like the girls are on yep. all shows. It will mean more. The problem with that idea is you got Vince in charge. Well, <laughs> Vince, yes, you know, you know, ultimately what Vince thinks about uh, on the women's doing it right. Yeah, yeah, a couple. Yeah, you with three. Yeah, <laughs> three two. <laughs> Three yeah. women are doing well. The rest are all interchangeable for That's the right. most part. 
I did think, though, this match, though, top to bottom, I thought this was probably my favorite match in the card tonight, and I, I enjoyed it. Nick picks aside about the storytelling here. I think it was the right call, and I, I did enjoy this. Oh, so, awesome match. Yeah, <clears throat> we, we go from there. Um, we, we get the makeup segment for the heels now involved in the main event six-man tag with Brian, Joe, and Orton all kind of hanging out in the back and talking. Um, and then we get the Ricochet video package. And again, another great way to tell the story about an NXT talent who has come up to the main roster. I like that. Um, interesting, we finally, after this... The next segment, we get the return of the women's champion for SmackDown, Asuka. Where's Asuka been all this time, guys? She's just been hanging out, enjoying taking her paycheck. We've got to be coming up on that 30-day title defense, right? That's got to be pretty sane. Is that still a thing? I don't think it's a thing anymore. No, they got that has. I mean, <laughs> so she comes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she comes back out to the ring. Um, they directly address that she's not been hanging out or that she's not been involved, and they ask her point blank, "Do you feel like you've been left out here with all the focus being on Becky and Ron and everybody else?" And she was like, "I'm not concerned about it. I want to know who's ready for Oscar." Basically, mm. I thought this was a problem. And and again, it's not a knock on Oscar because she is doing her best work here, but I continually feel like they set Oscar and they did the same thing with Shinsuke for a while, set them up for a lack of success and the way they want them to cut promos. And, and I, I, maybe it's just me. Maybe I like the way it was done back in the day, but I think it would be great to have a translator, somebody supporting Oscar out there, some kind of manager, let Oscar cut a fiery badass promo in Japanese and then somebody else translate it for her. That's what I would do here, but they seem to think it's best to have her, you know, kind of use English as her connection. Here. With, I just With Oscar, it's a little different. Just the only reason I says because her trash talking in the middle of her matches are part of who she is. And sure. I, I like it. I dig it. But I will agree with you. Some of her problems are just, oh, my God. With her, They're all over the place. She's trying to figure out who she is. So her facials can be one extreme to the next yeah. to week. Because she's still figuring it out, right? I couldn't even fathom having to go out. Like when I was in New Japan and then saying, okay, now do everything in Japanese, Matt. I'd be like, uh, 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 Taka, somebody, help, <laughs> anybody. You know, I'd be screwed, basically. And not just that you have if they ask you to over uh, be over animated with every word you say and it just comes across as awkward and is it you know it, it just makes her look uncool because in the middle of her matches she that's when she's spot on with it right perfect like her trash talk in moments in her matches right, the, I right. yeah yeah it doesn't come across as awkward during she the matches believes she's the baddest beyond mm-hmm. the block you know she does. I I get that from her, right? And I think it's something Shinsuke has kind of figured out and molded to in WWE style, but Asuka's just not been given enough chances to do it, I think. So I think it's still a little bit of one of her weak spots. That being said, nitpick, I'm glad they brought Asuka back out. Again, attention to detail. They address the fact that she's not been on TV for many weeks, that she is getting overlooked. Unfortunately, I thought following it up here with Mandy Rose being the person who comes out to challenge for this felt a little bit weak. I don't think the audience is there yet with Mandy Rose, other than Corey Graves' weird obsession with with her she's not a character to me that means a whole lot on this roster and i think there are better options here that being said you want to put a new star out there i get it go after it um and so mandy rose answers the challenge comes out here and we get a a match between these two that went way too long in my opinion um there was a, a segment early on where Lacey Evans came out and interrupted, and there was a quick roll-up that Oscar kicked out on. The match goes on for another commercial break for five, six, seven more minutes. Eight's kind of sloppy. And then Mandy Rose still wins with a quick roll-up at the very end. What you guys think? You hit it. 
I mean, I mean, you you hit it. Although I disagree with the the, the Mandy Rose thing. We keep complaining there is no B storylines with with the women's division. There's only these A A storylines, right? These A major players, main event players. Um, well, you got to develop the next one, right? And it's true. I, I think Mandy's that. Obvi- I mean, obviously, they think that she is. Um, hopefully, the fans come around. I do recall people not being ready for Trish either. I very vividly remember this. Vividly. People. I agree with you, Matt, but how often do they do the same way, the same thing where just wrestler B kind of comes out of nowhere, beats wrestler A, and that's how they build them, as opposed to doing a little more organic build. Like what if uh, Asuka, you know, not cutting a long promo, but they bring up that yeah. she had, and actually you probably don't want to bring it up, that she submitted Becky Lynch at the Royal Rumble, which, uh, you know, is, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, but her first match since that's still Becky Lynch you, by submission <laughs> at the Royal Rumble on TV is losing to Mandy Rose. Why not have Mandy come out and just attack her and, and, and then set something up for next week just to do a different build than just a random yes. victory like they always do. And they do always do that. If you go week after week, champion gets beat, sets up a title match, or, you know, sets up a match the following week, the other guy usually w- wins and, you know... The- I think the biggest difference here that what would have saved this, and I think it would have still addressed your concerns as well, Raj, is whenever they had Lacey Evans come out, there was a quick roll-up attempt by Mandy Rose. She tried to steal the victory. Asuka kicked out. Well, it wasn't even a roll-up, but but there was a quick attempt for Mandy Rose to steal victory right then, and very early in the match. Asuka kicked out, and then there was this moment where Mandy Rose goes outside, and it's just kind of this awkward silence. I think Mandy Rose should have won right there. We didn't need the entire length of the match, right? Yeah. We needed the quick win, and then that sets up a rematch next week or at Fastlane for Mandy Rose to say, now I can fight for the championship. Instead, it just went on too long, and it was kind of awkward and sloppy. We still had the same result at the end of the day. I just, to me, non-title, you know, I've mentioned this many times in the podcast. If you're a champion, you should never be losing a singles match if you get pinned in a tag match that's one thing but nowhere in any contact sport are you a champion and you go and lose clean and you're not the champion anymore so yes no you're right i 100 agree so it is what it is at least we got oscar back i'm glad to see oscar back out here mandy rose are setting her up for something big lacey evans still hanging out still kind of making these appearances um weird but yeah I, you know, I, I was I, I was against this a couple of days ago, and now it's happened a few more times. And I'm like, you know what? I can be in with this. Let's let's see where Lacey Evans goes with this. It, it's working. Mm-hmm. Vince is wearing me down. This is going to happen. So <laughs> um, we cut from there because we got to have all the women's stuff together in the same 15, 20 minute block. We cut from there backstage. Charlotte's watching the match. She plays off Oscar, and she she has this gnarly bruise on her arm. And at first, I didn't know if that was makeup, but I'm pretty sure that's an actual bruise that came mm-hmm. from the the smack. I mean, that was a pretty bruise brutal beat down that they had on um, Sunday night from um, from Becky Lynch. So uh, I like that. I like that they were showing that off. And she cut a promo about how she's not concerned. Whatever happens with Becky Lynch, this is a one-on-one match with her and Ronda Rousey at Mania, and everybody else just needs to back off. And, and like it was an effective that. promo. Didn't you? I mean, Raj, I thought that was pretty cool. I liked that a lot that she drew back the attention back to that. Hey, this is about me and her. I don't know what this third party business is about. Yeah, to take a hike back of the bus. Charlotte as a heel, she is in her element. I mean, she she is. I mean, she's on top of her game as a heel. I think she's the best at that. And yeah, you know, she, I felt like they cooled her off a lot when she was a babyface. Um, I mean, she's showing that she belongs. I still think it's a better story to have Ronda. You know, we, we've said it ad nauseum that Ronda versus uh, Becky in, in a one on one is still. Uh, as in a storyline sense better, but you know, Charlotte, you know, Charlotte is a 
you know, a strong wrestler, a strong heel. And she's she's great. Again, I'd argue she's the top women. I mean, I just I know people will disagree right now because what's her name is red hot, Becky. Right. But yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. I know people don't want to hear anything negative about Becky, uh, but I, I think Charlotte's a better promo than Becky. Can I can I rephrase it, Matt, for you? I think Charlotte is the most well-rounded top yes. woman. I yes. think Becky is is yes. top yes. from that perspective. She is as hot as Stone Cold was. If you want to use comparisons that aren't really appropriate, but that's she's as hot as Stone. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I mean. But like that's what people are comparing her to right now, right? She is the like the hot fire yeah. wrestler right now in the business. Stone Cold was never the best. He was at one point a great worker. He toned it down and became more of a brawler could still tell great stories but he didn't have the same kind of in-ring finesse but he was still if you were starting a company and you were per- and you were going to bring absolutely one person, don't call was your number one draft pick i'm yes. saying charlotte would be my number one draft pick for okay division. i think it's i think it's interesting I, I can i can buy your argument there i think charlotte's a complete package in a way that both ronda and becky are not but becky's got momentum right now is the yeah, becky's got right. the momentum right now. yes yeah of course but i like but, the promo here this was a this was a great way to reintroduce charlotte and make her give her her own moment finally i like it, that it was yeah yeah from there we have miz and shane backstage palling around miz says you know thanks for making the match we're going to win these titles back at fast lane and then drops the bombshell raj you called it out earlier miz's dad going to be at ringside <laughs> in his hometown in cleveland um and uh we're looking forward to the heel turn there raj i think that's going to be great no it's it's I, I think this is a fun ad here we've seen these guys fight with uses before but Mrs. Dad always so I, much fun. I am calling. Okay, you're saying he's a heel. I'm saying Mrs. Dad turns heel. <laughs> Y'all are killing me. Watch. He's too nice. The guy is too nice. He has to be. You can't. Miz versus uh, the Miz versus Daddy Miz versus Shane <laughs> in a triple threat. <laughs> All I can hope for is they carry the storyline over into Miz and Mrs. and we get some, you know, cross promotional storytelling into reality TV. I don't, I mean, the first time Miz and Mrs. was on, Miz was a heel. I don't think they uh, care about that. They might um, not. Uh, yeah, I think. Um, I wanted your, real quick, Roger, I wanted your opinion though, really quick. Are you sold though, back to the women, really quick? I don't move forward, but. Are you are you now more sold in this being a three way in that promo? I think she's doing. Uh, I still, yeah, I, I am. I, I, I mean, she, she, she's getting more into it. Like when you first hear about it, you're like, no, that's a complete mistake. And uh, now it's like, yeah. well, this is going to be good. You remind, you remember that this is going to be a, a good triple threat match. I still, okay. you know, again, I, I think you're in the same boat. We think it's better as a one on one, but Charlotte's going to be awesome. And she's going to do a great job at leading into Mania, and her prom, her promos are probably going to overshadow everybody else. Can we just really quick? The reason I'm bringing it up again, and Mike, I mean, slow the show down. Oh, you're good. No, yeah, I'm a little bit behind. And I apologize. It's just, it's just because, guys, everyone has been against this. So think about if you're Charlotte Flair and you're told, "Here's your promo. You got to go tell everybody <laughs> that you're now screwing up this dream match, and we're putting you into it in a three way. Good luck. Go shoot." <laughs> oh my god you kidding me god i'd be crapping myself everyone would be crapping themselves and the me. fact that uh, so many people are complaining that it's a singles match and charlotte goes out of the way to mention it's a singles match with her and ronda i thought it was great stuff great. she's earning her spot here. here she's she's i mean charlotte i mean I think, she she has already earned this spot but in the eyes of the fans the work she's doing on promos to matt's point she's earning her spot back in this triple threat and right. i want to put it in context too right i get all the fans wanting i want it a one-on-one ronda rousey <laughs> becky lynch match right yeah. but if you're building a marquee wwe likes to frame its pay-per-views as being marquees they can advertise to the general populace mm-hmm. putting charlotte flair on that marquee adds a different name and element to the card 
we take for granted because we see her a lot more, but to a casual fan, oh, Ric Flair's daughter fighting in the main event for the championship, that's going to sell a few more pay-per-views, going to sell a few more tickets. And, and you know, guys, I'm going to go back to the Daniel Bryan story from WrestleMania 30, right? Everybody made a big deal about the way he got there. But if you remember that night, he fought Triple H to open the card, and then he ended in a triple threat match with Randy Orton and Batista. Here's the thing about it, though, right? Nobody overthinks about how up in arms we were that it wasn't just a one-on-one match for the no, championship. All we remember is the victory, the moment where he held up the belts. And that's all that's going to matter come WrestleMania. So, man, I must have pissed off Matt. He's gone already. Bye, Matt. We'll see. Oh, you're right, you're right. <laughs> I all of that. Uh, so, you know, just to kind of give some credence to that. But, I mean, I get it. I get why fans are upset. I think we've just got to let this one play out a little bit more. We cut from the um, from there, Miz and Shane backstage. We go hang out with Ricochet and Eric Young. They have a very brief match. It, it doesn't go too long here. Um Ricochet, this was basically a Ricochet showcase, right? Eric Young has been very much downplayed since being called the entirety of Sanity has been, but Ricochet did get some some spots to the outside where he took out all of Sanity, um, ended the match with a big 360 or 630 splash, I should say, and uh, he looks, looks strong here in victory, so good for Ricochet. You, we'll be seeing more of him. Have you guys ever seen 630 splash look so easy in your life? Dude, oh my gosh. And he's so tall. What impresses me about it is how tall he is to be able to pull this off, right? Who? Ricochet. How, like, he, he just is looks taller than I first thought he would be for the record. Like, how tall is Ricochet? He feels taller than what? Like, he's, I mean, he, I know he's lean, right? Which sells that differently. He's 5'9. Five, 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 he's, he's five, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's built at. Mean, that's what he's built at. I don't know if that's his real height, but. Um, he's billed as five nine. Well, how tall is Finn then? Ah, uh, you know what? Let me look that up. I'm, uh, I think it's probably right around there, right? They, they were about the same height on Raw. Like the same to me. Oh, Finn's five eleven. Yeah, they do look about the same. Yeah, five eleven. Um, I think it's just his build. Ricochet just has a great build that makes him look taller and leaner than what he is, and I think that's good for him. Right? It's like a movie star, man, to me. Yeah. He, you know. So not much to say about this match. Ricochet looked good. Eric Young and Sanity don't really matter to the average fan at this point. But um, good, good. No, no, I like the guys, but they just no, the average. Okay, Happen now with them with Sanity. That's insane. You know, they yeah, just <laughs> reduced to. Yeah, yeah. This was, uh, gosh, this was the first time Sanity's been on TV in in months. Uh, I mean, they they had a cameo like back in November, right when uh, Mandy Rose was out there when they were in the UK. Um, I don't think they've been on TV since. They weren't so even I, in the Rumble. I thought there was something with them in the Usos or giving them SmackDown shirts to be on Team SmackDown for something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, something like that. I, yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, they've been, I mean, they've, they've been MIA. I, if I was Eric Young, I'd be like pitching ideas to get out of that group. Um, Send them back to NXT, right? That They were great down there. Let's Can we have that happen again? They just so. don't do that. They don't do that really. And I think the thing that drives me crazy is that's, again, a unique group that had some potential that has been lost over time. And why don't you do more with them? And Eric, Eric Young uh, has done it all, right? This guy has been around the business for so long. He's such a great mind. Why aren't you doing more with him? But that's... There's so many guys you could say that with. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. We're beating a dead horse here. Uh, not going that back... I mean, not that, really quick. I'll def- I just got to defend him. Not yep. that range of Eric Young. The range you can give him anything. He was sure. a god darn superhero. Got that crap over. He had this. I, I remember his stuff he had with ridiculous crap in TNA. Yes, the ODB it. stuff, and he managed to get some of that stuff over in a way that you're thinking I didn't care about this, but Eric, Eric Young made me care about it. Buttered for WWE, you guys. <laughs> and I'm saying the stuff they made him do, I would have quit. 
<laughs> love it love it we do get this uh we get this uh afterwards we get this great backstage segment interview with the new day yeah. and I, I loved how the focus here was put back on kofi kingston because it sets up the end of the show right um xavier woods talked about how this didn't happen over the course of one week it's been happening over the course of 11 years really building up that lineage that kofi kingston has developed for himself people forgot this guy has been around since again like they said before instagram right but he was fighting randy orton in yeah. 2009 where guard it made the how the roof blow off yes. that place Yes, and that kind of, that hurt that killed his push too. Remember, he they were they were building him up, and he messed up a spot with Randy Orton, and it was it was a stupid oh, yeah. spot. Like he didn't get up, uh, his timing getting up yeah. to take the RKO wasn't right. It wasn't like he powder like a little baby. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that was when Orton was uh, had more of a bad rap back then. I mean, he he was a, a tag team champion with CM Punk. I mean, he has been around and done a lot with a lot of people. So I, I like them focusing, refocusing right, on. But as as a top guy, it, it, from 2009, he they never really got back to it when he, when they were pushing him. He had the one on one at Survivor Series with Randy Orton. He smashed up like. Uh, was it uh, Evolution's car or it was something like it that? It was Randy Orton. It was the night they had that stupid guest host, uh, the NASCAR guest host or whatever. And Randy mm-hmm. Orton had his own car and they had the or- – I just remember this segment for whatever reason. stands out in my mind. Um, but he was – yeah, you're right, Matt and Raj. He was red hot back then and they just – he lost it every time because of poor booking decisions. So I, I think it's smart though, right? Remind the casual fans – that it is a Hold bigger up, deal. Real, real quick, do you, do you remember that back then though, Matt, when, when that happened? When, when Randy was a little bitch and, and, and yeah, like, yeah, were you were you in T were you in T you were in TNA during yeah. that time, right? But I, I remember watching the match though. I was still covering it with you guys, I believe. But I do remember it happening. And me calling it out then as well. That's BS. Yeah. You don't do that. You do that backstage. You do not do it on TV. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. His reputation simmered down a little bit though in the, Dude, in the waning years. The crap at it. I'm telling you, I would have killed him backstage. Yeah. that in front of me. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You don't do that. You just don't do it. And I'm, I'm talking about something that happened many, many years ago. But to, to your point, Raj, regardless if that's what killed this place, it's been many, many moons since WWE. This dude is still talented, and he's proving it right now. Yeah, it just it just sucks. It's been almost 10 years to get back to this yeah. spot. And it's by a freak accident, you know, yeah, Mustafa totally. Ali getting injured. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so right. it's it's great to see. It's, a, it's an amazing comeback story. Um but yeah, go all the way, it, WWE. Please go all the way. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of where I'm at. I almost, almost want to see that title change. I don't think it's going to happen. No. Well, you're going to talk about. We'll, we'll get to the kind of the call here at the end about the the match setup for Fastlane. But again, I do appreciate details. We've been talking about this all night. It's the theme of this podcast, right? Attention to details here. Xavier Woods went out of his way, and the writing staff went out of the way to point out Kofi Kingston. Has he is a legend in his own right for this business? So I like that. Guys, forget about that, right? Kofi Kingston I has like been part of the joke. He's been used as Royal Rumble spots, right? Uh, not as a true, true competitor and true legend. So I, I, I thought that was good. Not many people thought of him that way. I, I'm just not being. I'm not being a jerk about it. No, yeah, but, but I'm just being honest. So the fact that like Xavier Woods was putting him over like that as they were walking back on this is Kofi King and and that kind of talk. I was like, this is really building him up. And like what you just said right there would not have been said about him three months ago. No yeah. way would you have talked about Kofi that way. We should, but you wouldn't have. So I, I do really dig that. I like it. It's and Xavier Woods cases, has been it's, fighting. One, it's one of those cases where fluke right, you know, a fluke fluke occurrence is more effective oh. than WWE storytelling. 
right? Like Kofi's mm. more over right now than yeah. you know all these call-ups that they're doing this strange shit with. Not the not this week, but you know EC3 well, and good call. Yeah. And, and just all these other guys that they're trying to build, but this one freak freak yeah. accident, and uh, you know the Triple the H story H and everything. Triple H doing the curtain call led to Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the Lord, all these accidents are kind of. It's the organic stuff, and I WWE don't get in the way with, of it too much. You know, let it. Yeah, it's, let it it's what I said on the Winkley today with with God. Nick, and that is this organic stuff is so rare that if they squash it, I mean, you heard rumors that they might be going a different direction with Daniel Bryan, but if right. you squash this, you're leaving money on the table. You, with you what, and this is the, this is my argument, brother, is that that back in the day this would have been fed, no question yeah. about it. People would have been throwing the papers in the garbage for next week's TV. It would have been. Wow, we've got to go with this guy. He's red hot. Period. End of story. Right. Yeah. Could you imagine if Vince back in the day was like this Austin three six? Yeah. I don't really like that. Let's <laughs> let's yeah, we make sure we don't uh, we we bring him down the card until the crowd you know yeah. calms down. People, people won't respond to a bald guy with a goatee. That's ridiculous. Black trunks. No, God, no. Right. Yeah. Jobber. Like it would be something stupid like that. Yeah. It, it's all old thing about do you want people to know that you're right or that they're wrong? And I think Vince too often wants everybody else to realize that they're wrong about things, not that he can be right. Picking Kofi Kingston's the right choice, but but if the fans pick him and he picks something else, he needs them to be wrong sometimes. So I love this though. And, and and to their credit, this did seem like it was a decision made after Sunday. So it wasn't uh it wasn't up, you know, their long-term plan. So they did evolve with the crowd reaction. They did. Yeah. So, well, uh, they probably evolved twice now, right? Because last week yeah, wasn't supposed yeah. to happen. If the right. Mustafa Ali or Mustafa Ali was supposed yeah. to take over that spot, and, and Kofi right. did and did great work. We've said this. This is kind of happenstance, but give credit here. Kofi Kingston has delivered twice now. The stuff with him and Daniel Bryan. I know you guys talked about it on Sunday. Was just so good. And, and, it was such and, great storytelling. Great. And a lot of credit also. I mean, Kofi looks like a million bucks, and a lot of that credit goes to Daniel Bryan because Daniel Bryan has made him look like a you know yeah. it, he's the perfect guy to be in the ring with Kofi. Right. Uh, this stuff. God. <laughs> Somebody said online. I, I love this comment. It was um, da Vince McMahon was so hell bent on letting Daniel Bryan live out his character that he forgot to not tell Daniel Bryan to wrestle a Daniel Bryan style of match on Sunday. So uh, I thought that was a funny, <laughs> funny comment, funny remark. Uh, we have the hashtag now, Kofi Mania. I love it. This momentum it. keeps going. They're keeping the fun of the New Day still around Kofi, which I think is a good idea yeah, uh, because the New Day deserves the rub here too. But yeah, Kofi's really getting the energy there. And then we we come out and we go to our main event six-man tag match here with the um, the heels from Sunday night facing the good guys from Sunday night. Daniel Bryan gets to cut this great promo. I love it. Talks about all these great people through history. He calls them his celebrities, these martyrs. Um and he says, you know, he survived Sunday because he's serving a higher purpose. And then he gets to announce who he's challenging for Sunday. But actually, he's going to announce who he's not challenging for Sunday. <laughs> anybody in that ring. Anybody because he's beaten them all. I love this moment because it leaves all of us. It was the bait. It was the bait and switch, right? We're like, oh, we're going to get. The oh, no. We're all disappointed. The announce team's like, well, we don't know what to do with this. I loved it. It was a, a, <laughs> yeah. a, a fun moment. They were like, maybe we'll see it on social media. So. A uh, really, 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 really good moment. Um, and I think, and, you know, I think, I mean, Daniel Bryan is probably the best promo on SmackDown right now. He is. 
I yeah. hate what he's talking about. I hate the stupid belt. I, I there's a lot of things. <laughs> you can't right. argue that though. You're absolutely right. He's Do you right. hate the belt, Matt? Is that is it like you actually hate oh, it or like just plus like character like okay, not in a good way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not in a heat getting way, in a way like, come on, it's the world championship. Okay. It won't go much. I'm a nerd about it like that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Do all let me ask you this. Let me rabbit hole with you for half a second. Do all championship variations bother you or is it it did like, Jeff Hardy and TNA when he did that, and I was yeah. going for the title. Well, that was a that was a stupid design, though. Let's I just remember, call it this. I remember going. Here's <laughs> my chance. I'm probably going at the time I was going to be champion before they changed it, and I remember thinking in my head, "This isn't what I thought it would be because I'm not going to be the champion champion. It's going to be a champion of Jeff Hardy, his belt. It's not going to be real, and it's such a markish thing to even be thinking. It just is. I'm just going <laughs> to admit it and say it. But we all are. I'm just yeah. willing to admit it. Every wrestler is for themselves, but 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 what I was gonna say was to me it was my it was gonna be the pinnacle of my for me and my career. Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so for fans, I think as well, that's the ultimate prize, ultimate trophy. It should always be treated as such, and it just shouldn't change. And if it does, it changes over. The, you know, he evolves with the current times, like they just currently did when they changed the title for Rock when Rock became champion, and they introduced the new title. Mm -hmm. Cool, it that way now for the next twenty years. Yeah. It's why the the big gold belt, as they call it, had such a um, yeah. iconic look to it because it lasted for so long and represented. Even though it wasn't always direct lineage, it represented so many guys over the years well, who had held that same championship. Anytime right? you think you look at the times when the the championships are really over and people winning them get over, it's always like when you can name the last five champions, right? Damn. When you were a kid, you could easily remember the last five Intercontinental Champions, or World Champions, or Tag yes. Teams. Now I can't. I'm. I'm like. Who were the last five SmackDown? It was like Shane and the Usos, and then Intercontinental. I, I cannot tell you for Intercontinental last five. Yeah, yeah. It just they switches so much that it, it's just wait. They just way overdo the the title changes. Well, this kind of ties into we were talking about Mandy Rose earlier, Raj, and you brought up how what are they going to do with her after this feud? And what I always argue from my fans' perspective, from my storytelling perspective, mm -hmm. whenever I watch something, it's not about what are the feud they in that kind of gives them a name. It's the feud after that that cements their status with the fans. So often we've seen guys come out and have a good feud with somebody, and then they do nothing with them for months afterwards, and they lose all that momentum. I, I really think guys got to have a few good feuds back to back to really cement them in the eyes of the fans. That's just, that's how I get bought in. And I think the general yeah. audience does as well. And I, you know, I think champions are much like that too. If you can name the last five champions, well, then it's a good era for that, for that title, for that belt. If you can't, um, they're doing something wrong with that. Even you know? the green heavyweight championship that, that, that Hulk ended up winning from the Sheik. I remember like I'm an action figure collector. I had to go get that. <laughs> right. You know yeah. I mean? Like I had to get it from my figure. Uh, and when they changed it for Hulk beating Andre, I was like, ah, that, that winged one. Uh, I was like, oh, man, I, I have a that's the only belt I have a replica of so total mark. But which is funny because my favorite championship is the one that they had during the Attitude Era. The rounded the Eagle one was Stone Cold in the Rock, because that's what I grew up watching was was all of that, you know, the post Bret Hart stuff. But yeah. that's cool, though. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's iconic. And I, I get you, Matt. I, I think it works in his character, so I'm willing to go along for the ride. But it I does. totally res respect it, though, because the championship should be respected more. They are not belts. They are titles. They are championships. Absolutely agree. Uh, the six-man tag match that took place after the promo, um, you know, they had about 15 minutes to work, it seemed like. Uh, we had a commercial. We had two commercial breaks in this whole segment, so I think that broke up the momentum. So really, it was just kind of one of these fast-paced, let's get everybody out there, let's do a few big spots. Kofi got tossed onto a table. Um, uh, Kofi took out Brian. And then this is where it got cooler, right? Because down the stretch, Kofi got all the momentum back again. 
He yeah. took out Brian. He took out Rowan. Um, he hit Daniel Bryan with Trouble in Paradise, and he earned the victory tonight, which, of course, set up the big announcement to end the last two minutes of the show. Shane McMahon comes out and says, there's your champion. There's your, or your contender for the championship. Kofi Kingston will be challenging Daniel Bryan at Fastlane. What I liked here, too, is if you watch the screen, you saw AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy both kind of at the same time, too, giving props to Kofi. They were both kind of looking over at him and saying, yeah, he's your man. He's your guy all around a great moment for Kofi. And it really does put over how big of a deal this is for Kofi Kingston to challenge Daniel Bryan. Organic, organic, organic. There's nothing else to say. It was a beautiful moment. It was stay out of the way. Let the magic happen. Stay out of the way. Don't try to don't put your creative into it. (laughs) Just keep it simple. Uh, Exactly. Uh, You know, remember when uh, Bret Hart came back, they had Bret and Vince and that seemed like a no miss. And then all of a sudden Vince is hitting him with this car and they're doing all this stupid crap. Don't do anything. (laughs) That was weird. That was a weird storytelling. Yes. don't, Don't think that you have a great idea for a promo. Just let... Kofi be Kofi. Don't beat him. Don't do 50-50 on the way. Don't have yeah. him lose before fast lane. You know, control yourself. And uh and and you'll you'll be good. This crowd was again, they were all for Kofi. They were into this. So let me ask you guys this then. Talking about Kofi Kingston being the organic champion contender here and talking about Daniel Bryan facing him at Fastlane in just really two and a half weeks. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about this match? But also, what do you think about Daniel Bryan heading into WrestleMania? Does he retain at Fastlane? If he does, who does he defend against at WrestleMania? Is it you know yeah. wh- Where are we going with this? Really quick. One of the things, Mike, Michael, that, that, that uh, myself, Raj, and Glenn have been really crapping on WWE about and rightfully so up until this point is the fact that they they're piggybacking these pay-per-views too quickly on top of one another take a break take a breather let's just ride in the mania right there's not enough time to build enough what we kept thinking I will say this boy oh boy did they get lucky with Kofi Kingston and homeboy getting injured so Kofi could fill in and this all organic crap has happened this lightning in a bottle has happened because it has saved their ASSs as far as this pay-per-view goes because this was a throwaway pay-per-view at best. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Yep. And yep. now I, I'm digging it, and I can't wait to see it. I cannot wait to watch this pay-per-view because of that match. I agree. I agree 100%. That's, that's <laughs> I, I, I don't see what else is going to be more anticipated on it. Uh, they've been talking about doing something with Becky, like Becky against Charlotte, and that's how she gets at it. But Wow. I feel like this is, uh, yeah, I'm really into this. And and that's kind of why I, you know, the, according to the Observer, uh, the plan was for a returning star to be facing Daniel Bryan at um, at WrestleMania. And so yeah. makes you think Kevin Owens, the fact that they're doing these promos all of a sudden, um, and, you know, he's kind of doing the everyday guy thing and, you know, Daniel Bryan's the ultra vegan. Uh, could, and, you know, there's other, you know, there's Batista's been rumored. Batista and Daniel Bryan, I don't know if I see that dynamic, but there is a built in storyline there. Ooh. Undertaker, I guess they've been talking with him again. I don't know if it's for this match, but uh, I guess as of this past week, they started talking again. Would you not like to see that match? Oh, it'd be, I mean, anything, anything Taker at WrestleMania is automatically going to get the most attention, right? But you. I don't- you as a fan, you guys. No, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Taker and Daniel Bryan. Honestly, Michael, good job. I like. I just. I mean, I get it. Having him on the listen. I actually really Every dug what they say things like that. Good for you, Mike. I just. I, I really. They're. All, I. I really dug what they did last year with Daniel. And I know it wasn't popular, but with 
John Cena and Undertaker, right? It was yeah. different. It was unexpected. You kind of had this moment where John Cena, like it was, it was just it was weird. Cool and I, I, yeah, it, so I liked that. A lot of people didn't, but I have no interest in seeing Taker challenge Daniel Bryan for the championship. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing there long term. What does it matter, right? Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, if it were me, you do Taker and Braun Strowman have Braun beat him, get his momentum yes. back. Yeah. Um, Right of passage for the next big man. Yes, exactly. Yep. And and with Daniel Bryan, honestly, I'd kind of like to see uh, Kofi beat Bryan for the title since he's got all this momentum. See where it goes. And maybe I don't know if you want to do Kofi and Bryan again so soon, but I don't think I but I do think Bryan should be in, in that title match. So maybe do a three way with them and AJ. Um, I think the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that'd be a hell of a match. Yeah. Well, uh, and just see see where Kofi's at then. If this is like a temporary mm-hmm. thing, then you can switch the title. Or just if if all if people are legit into him and, and it's would, making a difference, stick with it. I want to be the first to say this. I've worked with I I've, I've, I've worked with Kofi in the past I, before he got to WWE, and I've worked with AJ. I will say this: they're the two most creative men when it comes to wrestlers. When it comes to really sitting there, hours, you guys. I'm talking hours, and if if there's enough heads up days before the match and calling one another on the phone and coming up with some something some cool ass crazy things and spots and, and moves that you've not seen before it's how much they they care about what they do and how to be different and innovative so that i'm telling you if those two can get in on a three-way with daniel bryan lights out match of the, I'm, I'm telling you right now it could potentially be match of the night i i think it's interesting too because to me i mean this is not a discredit to Kofi because we've praised him so much here, but if you're looking at it from the eyes of WWE and Vince McMahon, I still think there's going to be a hesitancy to make it sure. just a Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan one-on-one match because in his sure. mind, Kofi Kingston isn't the name. You add AJ Styles in there, it makes that. Yes. I, I think they also yes. they their multi-man matches for Mania. I wouldn't be surprised to see it be a, a four-corners match if you want to go old school here. Fatal four-way match, and we toss in Daniel Bryan or somebody else. They love their multi-man matches. Yeah, who's it for? That that'd be Daniel Bryan, Kofi, AJ, right? Randy Orton. I just think Ooh, I, mean, I don't like you that. Hit a point of diminishing returns when you add too many people in, right? I agree. I would but rather see the triple threat, but I'm saying if you look at it from a promoter's perspective, that's you get Randy Orton in there in a marquee match. All right. Um, <laughs> you know, that's just my take on it. <laughs> One other thing here before we we kind of hang up here actually, tonight. Actually, real quick, let me jump in. This kind of yeah, just happened sure. uh, on two hundred five live while we we're on. Um, they announced that there will be a single elimination tournament on two hundred five live over the next uh, few weeks, and the winner of that will face Buddy Murphy at WrestleMania thirty five. So that was the two hundred five live announcement that they've been teasing. Uh, next week is going to be Tony Nese versus Kalisto and Drew Gulak versus Brian Kendrick. Uh, those are. T- the first two announced first round matches. Um, so yeah, that was their two of five live announcement. Now they also, Matt, you guys, I mentioned this earlier. They also are teasing a big announcement for NXT tomorrow. Um, so we'll see. We'll just have to see uh, if it's, it has to re if it's re- regards these four guys, you know, Alistair Black, uh, Gargano, Ciampa, and, uh, and Ricochet, or, if it's something else, they said that it, NXT will feature a special announcement. So, who cares about two hundred five live stuff? Who cares? <laughs> Got to mention it. Some people still watch it. <laughs> but yeah, NXT. Matt, any guesses what that might be? Like what happens to those titles? FS One. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, Raj. You That's you you were speculating a big TV announcement, right? FS One. I want. 
I, I do want FS1. I think it's it, it seems early for that to announce it if if they have one like this far in advance. I think you'd want to do it closer to the date. But I don't know. I mean, it could be. Something. It wouldn't make sense why they're pushing it, right, Matt? Something's up here, right? It's obvious. Something's going on here, and it, it, I think it is. I think it's that. Hey, this is that tertiary, not tertiary. This is this is an equal brand now. Yeah, because they mentioned NXT. I swear they mentioned NXT more times on Raw and SmackDown this week than last two years combined. Wow! <laughs> Think about it, they never mention it. It's oh, they used to be in NXT, and that's about the extent of it. They don't. Yeah. Have to, I, yeah. I, 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 with you, man. I mean, so so dope. They got their own show. I mean, and network television. You know, right? And it would explain why they had such a sudden flip all of a sudden to put these guys on TV yeah. in the middle of mania season it without does, much, you know, I agree with that. it does feel out of nowhere. Right. Like what the hell? Like we're if on. you're building towards this announcement on Wednesday, you want to do something to generate some momentum. That's exactly what you do there. So I don't know. We'll see. Any final thoughts tonight, guys? I know we've gone a little bit long tonight, but it's been a hell of a ride. What, what do you guys think about um, wrestling life philosophy? Whatever you guys got though, at us. Fun, great time to be a wrestling fan between yeah. AEW, between what's going on with the Kofi Kingston showing the WWE office that that organic is still what drives people to come to these shows emotionally and fast and go bananas back like we used to do when we were kids watching this, guys. We used to be so emotionally invested in this. And um, I, that's a great glimpse of what the way it used to be with Kofi at the moment. And I love it. We need more of it. Someone wrote, someone wrote that in the comments that Finn could be the Brock Lesnar of 205 Live. <laughs> he, may, he meets the weight requirements. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, I, Matt, you you hit the nail on the head. So much exciting stuff coming up this year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where where everything is at next year, where AEW is. Do they get, have a good TV deal? Um, How is SmackDown on Fox going? Are the ratings going to continue to drop? What are they going to do about that? Yeah. One interesting thing that uh, that Fox uh, Fox Sports president said that SmackDown on Friday nights was temporary. What? Yeah, he, this was this was a couple of weeks ago. We hadn't we hadn't gotten a chance to talk to you about it yet, Matt. But he he did mention that it was a a temporary thing. Right now, Friday nights is killing it on Fox. They got that uh, Tim Allen show. Um, Last man standing. Last man standing. It's doing like six million viewers, you know, a week. SmackDown right now is around two. It's going to get a bump being on Fox. It's going to get a hit also being on Fridays. They've, they're doing massive ratings on on Friday. So I almost wonder, uh, you know, if it's if it, they move it back to Tuesdays because the ratings on Tuesday nights aren't that great, or yeah. they just move it to Thursdays when NFL season's over and yes. move it back to Fridays when it's not. That's all that was. Obviously, it's not like high surprise. We're kicking WWE out of here. Oh right, right, right. No, different idea. Well, yeah, yeah. You can move that Last Man Standing show around too because it's a it's a half hour sitcom. It probably paired up with some other media. But they, but but they don't usually don't move their established shows around. You know, when someone's yeah. a big something's a big hit like that, you're not going to move Friends and Seinfeld to a dated reference. You're like, oh, we'll try it out on Tuesdays to make room for, you know, the XFL. Busting <laughs> TV right Thursday nights right. right. Oh. Well, on that note, guys, thank you guys for um, joining me here tonight. You guys can follow Matt Morgan. He is on Twitter at BP Matt Morgan. You can follow Raj Geary, our fearless leader. He is at Twitter um, on Twitter at Raj Geary underscore 303. Listen, guys, everybody who joined us in the chat room, want to thank you guys for throwing in all the comments and the great conversation there. If you're listening to us, make sure you subscribe. If you listen to us and you want to see our ugly mugs, 
Tune in every week. We go live right after the shows. It's normally Matt and Raj and Glenn. Sometimes I chime in. Sometimes Nick Cosman does. But join us immediately after SmackDown and Raw and pay-per-views end um, right here on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel. You can also find the links on wrestling.com, wrestlinginc.com. I am your host tonight, Michael Wiseman. I am on Twitter after Wiseman. Thank wait, you, guys. Matt, 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 real quick, you got something? Oh. Re- really quick, Michael. How can they leave a comment on, on, on how they, they thought the show performed? Well, if you think this show was great, let me tell you. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube. Give us a comment in the comments below. But make sure you okay. go to iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. Give us five stars because, listen, that helps us get noticed, gets more people in the chat rooms, gets more people in the conversation. So don't forget to do that as well. So many ways to reach out to us. What else? What else can they do? Smoke signals. Uh, <laughs> anything else you guys can think of. We love it. Support us. Keep supporting us. We appreciate it. Either way, we will catch you guys next time right here on Wrestling Inc. Great job, Michael.